What smells like shoe polish? Be quiet. We have a promo to do. I'm Jeff Ferry, and this is my hetero podcast mate, Chris Durkach. We are the hosts of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. We break down the Kevin Smith films featuring Jay and Silent Bob one minute at a time, starting with Clerks. I have a hockey game at 12. Chris, please. So if you've ever worked a dead-end job behind the counter discussing Star Wars while slinging coffee, nudie mags, and cigarettes... Cancer merchant! Cancer merchant! Settle down! Or if you ever leaned outside a convenience store, secretly hated all your customers, or closed your place of business to attend a funeral, you should join us at Jay and Silent Bob Minute on DuelingGenre.com as we discuss the milkmaids, berserkers, and the significance of the number 37. In a row? Come for the clerks and stay for the rest of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute fun. Right, Chris? I'm not even supposed to be here today. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 13, which starts with Gollum finishing his sentence from yesterday. It says, we be nice to them, if they be nice to us. And ends with Sam shouting at Frodo, he's trying to trick us. Yeah. After Sam does something terrible. Oh my god. I feel like this is the most out-of-character Sam moment, but it's at the very end, so I guess we'll so, get there. Yeah, so this starts with what I was talking about yesterday. It's like Take re- it off. I cannot do a Gollum voice. <laughs> it's the reason I think that, at least in the context of the movie, Gollum is faking. It's because he very, like, he, he takes the rope and he just moves it towards Frodo. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess that makes Sam's actions a little more justified if you think that Gollum's faking it, but I don't like what Sam does here. Oh yeah, regardless. So. It's very cruel. Yeah. And I, I do think it, it stems from Sam not yet seeing Gollum as a person. Right. I don't think that Sam really ever sees Gollum as a person like maybe the very end of the movie maybe Mm. before the ultimate betrayal right yeah pretty much this whole minute is just Gollum pleading to be untied Mm -hmm. Uh, it's so sad I I like how quickly they go from Gollum is a threat to Gollum is like a pitiful the creature that needs to be sympathized with I think it makes the Gollum and Smeagol uh, conflict more interesting because it's like I think they handle it in a way that the audience at least from my perspective is more apt to side with Frodo and because Frodo immediately sees I think Frodo immediately sees himself in Gollum or at least not immediately but he starts to much earlier than uh, Sam even starts to entertain him as a person and not like a creepy animal the other thing is they were wrestling with Gollum, but they're dragging smeagol behind them mm-hmm. i think is a is a distinction to make here as well because this is smeagol yeah he looks so sad and alone well i mean i guess Gollum goes away 
as soon as Frodo draws his sword. Like, as soon as... Maybe Gollum is the one that tightens his hold on Sam, mm. and then Smeagol is the one that's, like, screaming. Yeah, Smeagol is the one that starts whimpering. Right. Like a hurt dog. Yeah. But yeah, he's I he's really just trying to play for sympathy from Frodo, I think. He I don't, just, I don't he think He just wants so. this rope off of him. No, okay, so if you're saying that Smeagol... It's Smeagol. I don't think Smeagol is as quick to think of trickery as Gollum is. He's a thief and a liar. Murderer. (laughs) Though, is he even, like, Smeagol yet until Frodo names him? I mean, this is more Smeagol-y behavior. Yeah, that's true. His tone of voice is very different than it was right before the fight. Right. And then... Because Gollum's voice is much lower and more snarly and... And sharper. Yeah. Although he does go Gollum Gollum in this minute. Right. That might just be Smeagol playing the part in a way. Maybe. He expects... he People expect him to do the thing, so he does the thing. I don't know if I really buy that he's Smeagol. If you're saying that he's tricking them. Smeagol is the tricksy one. Gollum is the spiteful one. The, the tricksy one, not the... like. Though why would Gollum later say, like... The hobbits are tricksy and false if that is not something that Smeagol is. Because he doesn't view himself as a hobbit. It's before the word existed. No, I know. I mean, like, when Frodo and Sam get captured by Faramir. Oh, yeah. Because he says wicked, tricksy, and false. And Smeagol's like, no, no. They wouldn't hurt... Master wouldn't hurt us. Well, because over the course of from this moment to that one, Frodo proved himself... To Smeagol. Right. No, I'm saying, like, if Smeagol himself wasn't also tricksy, like, why would that be a bad thing? Because no one wants to be tricked, even a trickster. I guess. I I do think that this is Smeagol and the fight was with Gollum. Mm. Uh, Especially given the the split conversation at, like, the emotional climax of the movie for Gollum, where he would leave now and never come back. Right. Because... Gollum is the one who questions them swearing fealty to the Master of the Precious. Right. And Smeagol is just like, no, no, it's fine. Mm -hmm. So this is Smeagol. Smeagol is the one who swore on the Precious. Yeah. Not Gollum. No, yeah. So this is Smeagol. And I do think he's trying to trick them because Smeagol is a coward. He just wants to get away. I think it it genuinely hurts him. The way that the moment is framed in the movie, in the movie, I think it's a trick. Mm. It's certainly not in the book. It actually hurts him. Right. But in in the movie, I think it's a trick. I think we're supposed to take it as a trick. But if it doesn't hurt him, how would he know that it's Elvish rope? Like, it's it's a... Maybe he saw them pull it off the cliff. What, real Elvish rope? (laughs) Yeah. He was nearby. He's been following them. It just seems, like, too uh, thought out. Mm. Like, too premeditated. Like, oh, they have Elvish rope. I'm going to pretend... To be hurt. I think he is in pain, but he's, like, playing up the pain. But I think there is, like, I don't think, like, he's just walking around and... No one wants to be tied around the neck and dragged anyway. No, they don't. So. But it it, it is specifically, like, the action of him, like, slowly lifting it up and, like, handing it to Frodo. That makes me think that even if it's, like, a bug bite, it's not really hurting him. Gollum. Because he stops making any noise whatsoever as soon as he's like, well, I do pity him. And he's just like, oh, I can work with this. I think we're going to have 
a lot of disagreement about Gollum. That's what this week is teaching me. <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Ultimately, though, I think that by showing Gollum, like, possibly tricking them, it makes the, like, redemption thing feel more legitimate. Like, because it's an actual turnaround. So if you take that as this is him actually tricking them, the turnaround is a real turnaround. If he's not tricking them and he's actually in pain, then he's just another... I mean, it, it's just more of Gollum having no personal agency. If he's tricking them, he has more agency in his own story. Though I don't... I question whether or not it's his story anymore. Because, I mean, like, he has been taken over so much by the ring. I mean, he does... Gollum does have his own personal narrative. Right. But that doesn't mean that... Just because he has a narrative doesn't mean that he has agency in the narrative. I don't know. I, I'm for it being a trick because it does... I mean, he has agent. Like, he could just be like, you know, tie me up and leave me. Yeah. I'll, I'll get free. Maybe he's not sure if he can. Because he... I think he's... By choosing to help Frodo and Sam, that's a, that's a choice. That's a... I, I mean, I guess, but if it's, if it's succumb to horrible pain or help them, that's not agency. No, that's true. That's torture. That's torture. <laughs> like, which is part of why I like the idea of it being a trick better. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of torture. And then it's just like, I don't believe you. And Gollum goes to run away from Sam, forgetting for a moment that he's tied to him. And gets pulled down off a rock by his throat it's and so smashes sad. his head off the ground. I mean, the it's very effective. The animation is very effective because it's awful to watch. But at the same time, it's awful to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it one bit. <laughs> Bad Sam. Why'd you do that? I know. Like, Sam... I don't even know, like, okay, Sam might have his reasons, but that doesn't justify him being an asshole, you know? Yeah. Like, he might have motivation to do this, but that's not justification. Right. And I feel like it comes from a good place and a decent place with him being worried about Frodo. But, again, that's not a justification. Yeah. I think Sam is worried that the pity that Frodo shows is just going to get him hurt. Like, I think that's the whole point of this. Yeah. And we're supposed... The movie is, is trying to get us to side more with Frodo, so it does show Sam going Sam going a little too far. I think, yeah, I think it's a too far. Yeah. Because if Gollum was any other person, like, he would be dead. He would just straight up be dead. Sam would have murdered a dude. Yeah, that would have been lethal. In cold blood. The, the whiplash. Yeah. Not cool, Samwise Gamgee. Mm -mm. Not cool. Maybe he's just still bitter that Gandalf bopped him on the head. That's not... What? That's that's not a, a good... There is no good reasons. No, there is no good reason. that to Gollum. Gollum is already tied up. Yeah. He's already at your mercy. You're just, he, it's like kicking the dog. Yeah. He didn't have to tug on the rope. He just had to hold it. It's so bad. Ugh. Ugh. That rope tug, though. If this, yeah, no, like, he should be dead. <laughs> By all rights, That's yes. That's like straight up murder. On all these rocks? Yeah. A lot of them look sharp. Ugh. A great way to kill a golem. Awful. Even if he was tricking them, mm. he's already at your mercy. You already have him 
tied around the neck. That's why I, I think they like took the Sam threatening to tie Gollum around the neck from the book and then was like, Ooh, what if we ran with that? And I do not like that. Mm. That isn't, that is an adaptation choice that I am not on board with because Mm. even though Sam threat, like Sam's all bark and no bite. Yeah. In that, like, especially in that scene in the book, because like I was talking about yesterday, like Sam was gentler than his words. I think that part of it too, with the around the neck thing is it was probably just easier on the production of the scene Mm -hmm. to have it around Gollum's neck uh, instead of around the ankle. Yeah. Because then it's always in view. It's Mm -hmm. easy to see. It communicates that he's bound without having to like be at a distance or having to zoom in on his leg. That makes sense. Cleans the scene up some visually. Also, I'm not entirely sure how they even got it around his neck to begin with because wouldn't he be like biting? Frodo must have held that sword at Gollum's chin until Sam tied the rope. That's so sad. That's the only way this would have happened. Plus, like, Gollum comes to them in the middle of the night, and it's, like, broad daylight here. So he's been screaming for, like, at least eight hours. Right, he's been screaming all night and all morning. If something hasn't found you by then... There's nothing to find. (laughs) There's nothing to find you. But... But Gollum's been here through here before. He might be more afraid of being tied up for things that might come through this place than, you know worried about the rope mm-hmm. although he does say that dwarves and orcs don't use it this way when a little later he talks about the marshes but the only reason to cross the marsh would be to go through em and mule and if no one crosses the marsh no one goes through here yeah i don't know because the dwarves certainly don't bother well, they're also much further away from em and mule why would there be dwarves in this area it's part of mordor it's on the border of mordor yeah actually technically it's not mordor doesn't act the territory of Mordor is completely contained within the bounds of the mountains that surround it. It's not Mordor until beyond the Black Gate. That's the border of the land. The Dead Marshes are not Mordor. Oh. So why are the the Nazgul just chilling? Maybe the fell beasts eat the corpses in the water. Ew. It's like snack time. Or, you know, they can sense the ring is getting closer, so they're out looking for it. Come on, Rex. Let's go for a walk. We'll have your daily snack of thousand-year-old elf corpse. That's nasty. Three thousand-year-old elf <laughs> corpse. Ew. All right. Well, actually, it'd be you know at least thirty-four, thirty-four, three thousand three hundred and three thousand four hundred thirty-four years old, because that's how long ago the third age started, and these are from the second age. Huh. I thought it was... Oh, it's longer ago than that. No, I thought it was 3,000. Oh, yeah, it's the year 3,000. 34-34 of the Second Age is when the battle was over. Yeah. Right. I got confused in my brain. Thanks, Gandalf. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The year (laughs) 34-34. But uh, I think that's really about it to talk about in this minute. Uh, The Gollum animation doesn't hold up as well in broad light. No. But it looks... A lot better on close-ups than it does in distance shots, in my opinion. Oh, I think the opposite. I don't know. On distance shots, to me, it just looks like it doesn't belong. And when all you can see is Gollum, where you don't have the frame of reference of, like, another person to look at, I think it looks better. We're going to have some interesting Gollum conversations, I guess. (laughs) Yep. And then we'll we'll have interesting Gollum conversations about interesting Gollum conversations. Indeed. Yeah, I think that wraps us up. Uh, So you can check out other 
dueling genre movies by minute podcasts on the website, such as Harry Potter Minute, which is back with their coverage of Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cornetto Minute, they're covering Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Toy Story Minute. Yep, there's a bunch. Jay and Silent Bob Minute. <laughs> there's more than that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We've got quite a few going on. As always, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 14. Bye.